I'm doing the pirate thing again. <laughs> Just because it annoys the shit out of James for no reason. <laughs> We're back for another episode of The Boundless Shores. I'm your host, Dungeon Master Wes, here on the Drunkards and Dumbasses YouTube channel. Today I'm joined by, let's see if Liam's on top of his shit. I already sent it to you. Yeah, he is on top of his he shit. He is! Let's go. let's go! Shout out to Liam. We're joined by... Our fantastic editor, Liam, as always. Maybe not always, but sometimes. <laughs> most of the time. That's what I meant to say. Sometimes. What are you talking about? I'm never mentally here. And Adrian's yeah. never physically here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's Adrian? Of course, as well, we are joined by the, the munchin' and the crunchin' Nate over there enjoying what I assume is either a PB&J or a delicious slice of pizza. Couldn't tell, but the one by the way, the Maggie. Ah, oh, not sponsored. And uh, Ronald, come on, help us out here. We're all broke. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's earned his prize. Also, yeah, we're also joined by James Owen and B, and a special guest, my buddy Chris. Welcome, Chris. This okay. is this is uh, this is if if the Dungeons and Dragons encyclopedia existed as a person, we now have two of them. <laughs> we now have two of them. Yes, we now have two separate books that are just like. I am a magnificently well-rounded cover, and the inside is empty. Yes. <laughs> 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 I feel I that. that. I want that written on my tombstone. Yes. <laughs> All right, Chris. Hey, you yeah. were there last week. Uh, just to fill everyone else in, uh, our editor was unwell, so we ended up running through combat anyways. Because who the fuck watches combat? Uh, it's nobody boring as hell. That. No, nobody wants to watch number crunching. It's boring as hell. Uh, that's what I tell everyone when I'm like, oh, you should watch my show, skip every single combat. Especially for three hours of combat that oh we did. Most of them probably four or five, because we did it over a span of two episodes. Yes. Yeah. We just did combat, uh, so if the battlefield looks a little bit different than the last episode, it's because, uh, they've already fought most of the guys. So, uh, Chris is just going to fill us in on uh, how uh, his character meandered his way into finding uh, our friends as, and uh, kind of how the battle went. You don't have to go into excruciating detail. It was just fucking combat. Alistair Take Lester, it away, Chris. Alistair Greycliff wanders through uh, the woods along with his effigy of a three-headed Lescalor and starts hearing throughout the entirety of the forest strange laughter. Feeling a bit nervous, he goes ahead, uh, proudly marches on through into the clearing uh, before him, happily going, ha ha, ha 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 ha, is this working? Is this working for everyone? <laughs> Only to discover a number of humans that are in great combat with assorted oozing apes and undead vultures and seeing this as a prime opportunity 
Alistair jumps straight into his sales pitches because he is a grand magical engineer and sees an opportunity to make a sale. Oh dear, my audio's cut out. No, you're good. We still hear you. All right. We still hear you, man. Yeah. Armed with his trusty, uh, if you could just, if you could, you can deliver the the line better than anyone. Oh, my decanter of endless water, complete with a fully functional holy water filter attachment. All you need to do is aim it at your target and make the exclamation of the power word responsible for your decanter, geyser, in order to launch a 20-foot spray of holy acid to douse all sorts of undead enemies and outsiders that are of the villainous nature in order to turn them into smears. So, if you thought a door-to-door salesman was irritating, this guy's armed to the teeth to take your life. So buy his <laughs> shit. Call now, we'll throw it. Uh, he, will, he will send you to a watery grave. <laughs> Now, now, I haven't revealed that I have a water-to-acid attachment yet. Oh, boy. Oh, my. All right. As uh, we're going to catch up uh, with our players mid-combat, as I'm going to go ahead and share my screen as... uh, as, Oh, no. Spoilers. Speaking of which, what happened? Oh no, not the literal end of the campaign. Not again. For all of our safety. Uh, yes. Wrong way. What what happened to Nice, by the way? Uh, Nice just somehow disappeared and then now has just reappeared slightly downward because this area is kind of a little bit congested. Nice turned invisible for that whole episode. He he, he was invisible, so technically. Yeah, Nice just like got ignored the whole time and he was just kind of studying the movements of, of the party because as much as he is here to help, He's here to study and to and to uh, to report back to Kay. So you can see him just being invisible with his book, just like kind of. You can see the book is just like perched like a bird in one of the branches of this tree. Oh no! Remember, so I used just near him, but it's just out of the way that you can't see where he is. Uh, I used mage you hand to hold the book and the pen right to itself. Remember? Say again. I used mage hand to hold the book and the pen writes itself. That's true. Also, I've been, you can have that shit tell, anywhere. I've been meaning to tell you, um, the way I picture my mage hand with, like, the whole dragon adept stuff, I imagine it turning into, like, a half-hybrid of, a, like, a human and dragon claw. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. And now I'm stuck being reminded of, uh, of, uh... What's it called? Mystery Men, and uh, the lead villain having the, this kind of clawed ring. <laughs> Alright. And I believe because we left off at the top of the initiative last time, because I like to make it easy for myself. Nice! Because <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. uh, you, your, your damn 
feet or special ability or whatever it is. And he's like, nah, I get to play first. I get first player. Yeah, so I have he, hair triggered. He's, he's the type of older brother that always chooses Batman and makes his little brothers choose Robin. <laughs> so I have yeah. hair trigger reflexes, which allows me for once per day I can go first on any initiative roll during uh, combat. I want to drive the Batmobile. So yeah, it's like, hey, I rolled a 26. Well, guess what? I rolled a 27. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice, you are up first, my friend. So we have these two are hovering just above. Uh, you can see just the edge of Beckett's character just over here. Okay. Uh, underneath, they're big sprites because they're large creatures. Uh, you can um... see the, the large three-headed cat. Uh, pinning this uh, dire ape and Orgolan who curb stomped the fuck out of its head. Uh, so we're going to start. Uh, and this guy is currently perched in the tree watching the whole ordeal happen while not striking just yet. Okay. And um, I believe this one looks more undead than the other ones. Is, is it possible if I move two to the left... Is it possible I can hit both of them with a lightning breath attack? Um, I have 60 feet. You have 60 feet? If you move down to this square right here, you can probably line it up to get both of them, because one's a little bit lower than the other one. Okay. Then that's exactly what I shall do. So you move... Under the uh, just under the tree a little bit, you find the perfect range. You kind of line up with your two fingers, and as you describe um, your turn. So yeah, uh, I'm also going to make this one a um, entangling exhalation using my entangling exhalation feat. Um, so uh, I go under a tree, and you can start. All, all you see originally is just the start of crackling, just coming out of the tree. And then, as it starts to get brighter, my form appears again as a bolt of lightning shoots out of my mouth towards the two. Uh, they need to make a reflex save. A reflex save as the um, ever-prepared BM just realized I don't have my stats pulled up. It's okay. I have them saved. I just gotta gotta go to the place that I have them saved at. Wes, what are you? <laughs> oh my god! I'm so sorry. This is me just being very dumb. Okay, so first one with a 19. Okay, so. Second okay. with a natural 2 plus. Um, 13 on the other one. Alright, so the first one succeeds, so they only take. Um, so they take 4 <laughs> lightning damage. Woo. Whoa. Um, the second one fails, and they take eight lightning damage, and now both of them 
are entangled for. And I completely missed the desk. How did I do that? Yeah. Uh, okay, where'd my bucket of dice go? I need another D4. <laughs> Alright. Uh, they are... They are entangled for four rounds, meaning their movement entangled. speed is cut in half. They have a minus four to dex and a minus two to attack rolls. Oh my. Alright. And on my turn, they'll also take another 1d6 of damage. Uh, yeah, you watch as the first one. He kind of gets shocked a little bit, but this one's a more... I would say lively looking one. This one still has feathers on its body. The other one looks a lot more undead while in the process of the battle. He seems to have a, a weird transformation where he became an undead version of himself. That one seemed extra inflicted by by the, the, the attack that just came forth. As you see his whole body uh, suffering from uh, just like static twitching. Uh, his wings just can't catch himself into flight with the entanglement as he crashes to the ground. He's going to take an additional um, 1d10 damage. I just rolled a fucking 10 on that. <laughs> He's going to take a 10 damage of fall damage because he can't save himself. Uh, as this one is now tumbled to the ground, this, uh, this one's still in the air. Okay, and that is my turn. Uh, next up with Yoda Tim. Okay. Um, I'm. Can I? I would like to uh, speculate about. Uh, are those in like entangling binds on that? Uh, yeah, could you there? describe how the entanglement uh, as a magical effect would uh, take form on these vultures? Huh? Like how, how do how does the how does the magic linger to keep them entangled? Like what does that look like? Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, so as uh, when the lightning strikes, it when it uh, hits them, it seems to um, splinter off a bit and like wrap around them, kind of like a electrified rope. Uh, as it shoots off towards the next one and does the same thing. Okay. Um, I want to. Uh, in. I want to speculate if uh, these, this magical entanglement can be set on fire. Um, no, as it's it's just kind of like an arcane presence on it. It can't. It doesn't have. Uh, Honestly, because it's an electric-based entanglement, I would say you'd probably get a little bit of advantage with uh, water-based attacks. But uh, fire, it's, uh, I wouldn't imagine it's very flammable. Water attacks, eh? I can, I can do that. So I gotta up the pressure. <laughs> oh yeah, baby, you know it. Up the pressure like it's a Titanic submarine, baby. Let's go. Hey! Yes. Well, now we're dating this event. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> mate. All right. Um, I'm going to cast uh, 
create water on top of the dragon so that it or dragon. not the dragon but the vulture so that it drops down and submerges it in water and then i'm going to cast pressure sphere What did we agree on this one? Because I, I remember bringing this up to uh, Chris, and Chris kind of disagreed with this combo. Oh? Um, so how I figured it was, like, especially with 3.5, because in 5e, you have to have something. But in 3.5, it's kind of more open. So what uh, Jonathan does is he puts it in an area, since his level's big enough to create more, he puts it in an area that allows it to fall uh, on top of the thing, the creatures. And then as it's uh, falling on top and surrounding them, he will then pressure sphere and uh, crush them at that base point as it falls. That's how I see it, but I can understand why it also wouldn't be allowed. It's I like it, and I think it's creative, and I totally would allow it. Uh, I'm just I'm trying to figure out a balanced way because he's burning two. Uh, what levels are the spells? Uh, uh, water is create a water is a cantrip, zero. and then pressure sphere is a second level spell. Okay, so a zero and two. Um, of them would normally consume your standard action individually. So, yeah, but he has I have a quicken quick spell. spell. Oh, okay, then yeah, yeah. that would just uh, adjust it to a plus four. So, a fourth level spell and a second level spell. We don't really okay. don't use those types of rules. That's the homebrew rule we take out, but we can easily, like, it, it's always up to you, Wes, okay, what you want to do. No, it's no, okay. Like, it's okay. I, I, I like him bringing that up because I, I'm like a fourth level and a second level because that burns a lot higher in that way I could, you know, like as if like a six level fireball, but instead dealing force damage. Yeah. So, like, uh, what would be, yeah, fireball is 1d6 per caster level, so it would be uh, 66. Uh, I believe so. Uh, caster Wolf? level, yes, but uh, I think you're kind of going synonymous with caster level and spell level. Ah, you, you bring up a fair point. Uh, um, so it's 1d6 Chris, per caster level, uh, yeah. what, 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 I'll bring it up For to my two rules lawyer friends because I am kind of at a loss of what I would kind of rule this as, um, like damage wise, because I, I am allowing it, but what would be classified as, as something balanced uh, damage wise? Um, here, let me take a look at pressure sphere. Because I, I think we did 5d6 last time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me check um... something real quick. Pressure Sphere yeah, starts at 4d6. And then a Fortitude save for half. Yeah, yeah so it's just 4 it's 4d6. There is no increase in damage. Uh, yeah, and just to create water just allows a Pressure Sphere to be able to deal that damage, correct? Yeah. So I will give you, because the water is applying to the lightning-based... Um, entanglement, I'll give you an additional 2d6 lightning damage on top of the 4d6, um, 
force damage. The 46 can get halved if I pass my fortitude or reflex, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, but that 2d6 does automatically pass as it's just a create water spell. So you automatically automatically will get that 2d6 lightning. Uh, and then from there, uh, I will roll fort fortitude or reflex to have the 46 on um, the uh, pressure sphere. Also, it depends as just... well. Nate, which one are you casting it on? The flying one or the ground one? Ground. The, the one entangled on the ground. Okay, so here's another one thing. It does have an damage. area radius of 20 feet, meaning that technically anything in that area will get hit. So it can hit party members. If you're not right, careful. but there's but if there's only water on the uh, vulture, then it can't affect the others because it only pressurizes the water. Well, yeah, it'll pressurize the water, but we're putting it up so it can do that twenty foot spear that the sphere. So we're not like it completely cheesing it. Is how I think. Mm. So probably. So I'll Beckett. get Beckett to roll a. Uh, Beckett will not take the two d six lightning, but I'll get Beckett to roll uh, fortitude on the pressure sphere. It, it is a fortitude save, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, fortitude save for half. Yes. Okay, so I'll get Beckett and um, the vulture to roll fortitude for that forty six, and the vulture will take two d six. And then I'm I'm kind of near it. I, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, for 20 feet, if you place it uh, right I here see. to be able to affect it, it's 5, 10, 15, 20. You're just out of that radius. Okay. You cast it like right here, but it still will affect Beckett, no matter I, where you place it. I, I'm right also, it. another thing, this is up to you. It does, like he can cast it 100 feet away plus 10 feet per level with a 20 foot radius, so we could try to hit it with just a creature but the way i see it as well though is like if you try to hit just a creature i feel like it would like diminish the effect if that makes sense yeah, exactly because uh you have you have to have it the pressure sphere in the concentrated area mm -hmm. for the the water to take effect so you can't cast it far away and have the water still affected so you can either cast it far away and not affect beckett or you can cast it near and get that extra 2d6 lightning yeah um the way i see it is that like the pressure sphere is like has to be like pretty much on top of the creature for it to be submerged yeah so yeah. if i put it like farther away it's obviously not gonna it's not i gonna i, I can agree with that so either way beckett will get affected yeah, yeah. um and so I don't uh what's that a... what's that fortitude save 18 do you have anything to add chris or no no it, it seems like everything is well and taken care of so um yeah, yeah, Beckett passes. Hell yeah. Um, I have a... The 21. 21 will pass. Damn, so that that's half damage, but he'll still take the full 2d6 lightning, so roll that first. Okay. Am I taking damage? You're taking no, half taking damage. Uh, you're taking no, half. you're taking half damage. Oh, okay. So Am roll I that 2d6 lightning <sighs> that uh, the vulture is taking first. That's not getting halved. Okay. Uh, and I lost my goddamn pen again. 
I swear I just had it, guys. All right. Uh, that is uh, eight lightning damage. On the eight lightning damage? All right. As you see, is his whole body just for 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 a moment, as as the water drops, and then the you begin to form the form the pressure sphere. As a you guys know, the uh, the horizon alt where it sucks everyone in, but it's mm-hmm. it's basically just like an airbender, clear version of that, where you see just the the vultures form its undead form. You see its its rotting body and bones beginning to con- like convulge and like compress on itself as you see Beckett kind of on the edge beginning to be pulled in as you can see like uh, her arm as she kind of like tries to stabilize herself uh, her arm stretches out as you can see like the arm begins to stretch out as you can see tear lines into the to form on her biceps as she pulls herself away as she doesn't take max damage but she still takes a little bit of damage as the the vulture who's in rough shape still is is able to uh, keep himself from being crushed underneath his pressure fear as he is wounded but it, it, not not to the, the degree that you were hoping for so that's your action and your bonus action is there anything else you would like to do for your turn yonatan um I oh, and also I need that uh, half special, uh, the half special. Ooh, that's spicy. Um, that is uh, seventeen damage. Uh, halved rounded down would be eight. Yes. Yep. Eight damage. All right. So the the collective total was seven damage of lightning, eight damage of force. Yeah. So fifteen in total. I thought it was eight damage. Six. Lightning damage. Was it eight? That's what I heard. Or seven? Eight. All right. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, it was eight. All right, so sixteen plus the four from the yeah okay. Don't worry, we're all cheaters here. No. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's fucked. He's he looks real bad. He looks he 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 looks not great. Like as far as undead things go, that thing's like borderline re dead. He looks alive. No. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, so that's how it wraps around. That's how it does. That's how it works. For my move, I'm gonna go uh, move uh, five feet uh, to the right of Beckett. Which is right. This way. Five feet left this way. Right. Uh, and then five like feet to the left. Like uh, right underneath the vultures. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You you can't All really right. see me, but it's fine. He's there. Can't see him, but he's there. I will end my turn. 
All right, as it is the Deadborn Vulture's turn, as Undead One, he, in a lot of pain, desperate, he just kind of, like, very awkwardly just, like, croaks his neck to the other side, like, borderline looks broken, and looks up and around with his beady, melted, shit, like, cloudy eyes. He looks around and sees Yonatan beginning to move up as he just and begins to to walk forward and just fucking munching at anything he can grab. Question. If this one fell, would it not technically be prone first? Um, yep, you would be right, but because Yonatan moved up right beside him, he got, he was prone, moved up, that would give him an attack of opportunity, and then he can attack. Okay. Uh, just doing a five-foot step does not provoke an attack of opportunity. I didn't move. But he's, I didn't uh, use a five-foot step. I just used Yeah, he, move he moved ten feet. Yeah, oh, he, okay. he moved ten feet to get closer to the vulture. Sorry. Um, yeah. He would still get a penalty on that roll, would he not? Well, he has a penalty anyways, but yes. Uh, he, has a, he has a minus two to attack. He has a minus two, but prone also does more penalties in terms of melee. Uh, let me pull that it, up. It provides a uh, negative, fu- uh, negative four against uh, melee attacks. A... Yeah, but he, he's going to attempt to stand up first, so he's not attacking while he's prone. He's, he's standing up first, which gives uh, Yonatan oh. an attack. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, that... okay. I, I I see now. I thought the yeah. vulture was getting an attack of opportunity, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. Sorry, I think it's no. just the way Wes worded it. Yeah, sorry that that was that was just me being uh, big dumb. Uh, yeah, sorry. The vulture is attempting to stand up to not be prone before he makes it as a, his attack, giving Yonatan an attack. And then the vulture is going to go ahead and you know, yeah, I, I got my you voice now. being so fucking boogie woogie. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, um... honestly, dude. Do I smell toast? Does <laughs> a 26 hit? Absolutely. Cool. Um, As, uh, what, what weapon do you have drawn right now? I have my bow drawn right now. You're just gonna like yeah. Legolas just shooting him in the fucking face? Hell yeah! Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna. Oh wait, attack of opportunity is just one. It's just one. I forget. Uh, that's P8, not D6. What am I doing? Oh my god! What are you doing, Knight? I don't know. What am I doing? Ooh, I'm gonna use my inspiration point to re-roll that. Ooh, someone reusing their inspo to re-roll damage. That's yeah. rare. Fuck yeah. Uh, that is uh eleven damage. Eleven damage. Oh, bro. Did I just miss him? <laughs> you got like three damage. It's like three damage difference. That guy's three health. Okay, I wouldn't have killed him. So these so can finish it off just by starting his next turn. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> um, moving on from that is uh, the Deadborn Vultures 
actual attack. Um, Peter's just gonna keep using his action to hide and total yep. defensive action. Yep. As uh, that's a that's a very appropriate role for this attack. Wildly, just like standing up as he gets like stabbed through. Like, you stab him through the wing, and it kind of goes through, like, his back end as he's, like, limping and wounded, like, bleeding fucking everywhere. Desperately just jabbing out everywhere. He goes ahead, and he does a butt attack. Uh, uh, 19 to hit on Yonison. 19 will miss. 19 will miss as he's jabbing out, but he sees nothing as he just sees red as there's blood in his eyes as he's just jabbing out of nothing as Jonathan expertly kind of curves his way around this, this rotting vulture's desperate attack. As the other one is, he's just gonna, uh, hovering above, he's just gonna, he's just gonna drop and as he drops, he's just going to drag his claws down Jonathan's back uh to like stabilize himself from the fall and while he's doing that uh he's gonna go for a bite attack on the on the like back of the neck as he will suffer a little bit of damage from this but because he's slowing himself if the claw attacks hit because he slows himself he will take less damage from falling but we'll cover that as I roll uh fucking natural 20. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go, dude. As he slows himself right down, takes no damage. Um, let's open up a loose. So it's a nat 20 on the attack. That slows him down? Yes. Okay. Uh, and the other one is a 25. 25 will hit, for sure. And the final bite attack. That's cocked. Final bite attack will miss. Uh, it's, uh, 18. Yep, that'll miss. Uh, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, Eight. That's 16 damage. Mm. And I need you to roll me a fortitude. Uh, 16 damage... 16 slashing, and then I need you to roll me a fortitude. Uh, health, where the... It's okay, I'm standing right there. <laughs> uh, it, uh, no, I was just, I was wondering where my health was oh. at the character sheet, not how low my health is. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm good, I just got off max health now. Oh, good. I, I'll, I'll be okay for a bit. Look at this waiting to cast Biotic Spear. Oh, sorry, that's Moira. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the equivalent. Uh, I gotta double check, but that's really low. Uh, 16. For your 16 will fail. You are nauseated for your next turn. Ah, uh, my vulture is gonna die anyway. It's not horrible. <laughs> It's not the worst. Can it's as not he, worst, uh, as he's kind of like hovering above, he just kind of just stops flapping, as his whole mass 
just falls as he reaches out his, his grotesque claws as they scrape down your back. Uh, as, as he kind of slowing his fall, he kind of realizing he could gain a little bit of advantage. You feel his claws begin to dig into your lower back as he attempts to latch onto you and go for a bite. But as he finds, finds nothing, as you can feel part of your lower back skin just tear out as blood splurts out, uh, as he, he falls to the ground, missing his, his bite attack as he's now uh, not prone, but now behind you uh, uh, on the ground is the other one pain, painful and kind of limping along there. They're surrounding you, both looking at you. That actually will place him here now. Uh, moving on from that would be Beckett. Ooh. Um, that one that's still in the air, can I reach him? Uh, he's on the ground now. No, but the other one, the one that's looking terrible. Far? The one above me. They're, they're both on the ground. These okay. two are both on the ground. I'm just going to reach for whatever one's closest for a melee touch attack for a spell. Um... They're both within reach. This is your choice. Uh, beat up really bad one or the one that's still a little bit healthy looking. I'll go for the healthier looking one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to cast Slay Living. Um, You're going to cast what? Slay Living. That's literally what it's called. Slay Living. What does it Does it infect? Does it affect undead creatures? Uh, it affects living creatures touched, but oh wait, this is this is not a living it's creature. Necro. Oh, okay. Damn it. Okay, then I will do. Um. Yeah, this is unliving. I could just, I could just take them over with fucking animated death. <laughs> uh, you could take them over with command undead. Yeah, I could do that too. <laughs> um. Hmm. Hang on. Don't you want a rotting undead vulture <laughs> friend? I kind of do, but I also kind of don't. Yeah, I think Bubonic would be jealous. Yeah, Bubonic would hate me. Um, I could just hear him already screaming at me. It's um, a literal unalived bird. <laughs> I call it an bird. upgrade. <laughs> No, he's still being a sassy bitch, and he's kind of, like, he's yelling in your ear, he's going, Hey, at least you're being fucking useful this session. Jesus. I don't know why he said session, but uh, <laughs> he's just, maybe he's just more aware of things than you think he is. Oh my god. Oh my god, Bubonic is on mission confirmed? You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna cast Me. Animate Dead. And just... I'm just gonna... Yeah, I'll just take the one bird, because I don't need both of them. Um, uh, what are you doing? I'm gonna cast Animate Dead, which uh, turns the bones or bodies of dead creatures into undead skeletons or zombies. Well, they'd have oh, to be dead first, so you can't do it on the... But aren't they dead they're because undead, they're undead? So. They're, they're undead. undead, so they're, they're not dead, they're undead. 
They are reanimated. <laughs> reanimated. They're they're yeah, exactly. Thank you, Chris. They're already reanimated, so you can't reanimate them further. So like, you can try and command undead. Okay, I'll do command undead then. Um <laughs> sorry to keep shutting down all your options like, here, but uh, animate dead work because that makes sense, but I guess that actually kind of makes sense. You can also try to works when you're wandering you. through a cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, um, when not when you're already in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> you have to start the zombie. Apocalypse. Right. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I could see that. That'd be funny as fuck. Beckett with her plague doctor mask on, like fucking. You, you are a cleric, so you do have the ability to turn or rebuke undead. That's um... true. Is that in the spell list? Because I don't actually know how that. That works. is your well, when cleric. You were, when you uh, were not enjoying Beckett, uh, there there was a point where Beckett was going to turn into a villain. Right. I remember that. <laughs> um. So who knows? Da da da. Um. Yeah, it's a very it's a very first thing a cleric can do. Um here we go. Uh a neutral cleric who works as a good deity can turn or destroy undead creatures, an evil cleric or a neutral cleric who worships an evil deity, instead rebukes or commands such creatures. That's me. So she can uh, command them. Or rebuke them whenever. Yeah. Uh, oh dear. To do what was your d20 roll? Yeah. I haven't rolled yet. There. Uh, if you're on the table, three undeads <laughs> high enough to let you turn at least one undead within 60 feet. Roll 2d6 plus your no. cleric level plus your no, cleric you modifier for 30 damage. That's how much I did. Of a no, dead you did not. Did you get that 20? Yeah, I did. Okay, oh, so, well, uh, <laughs> so a 22 or higher, you get your level plus 4 hit dice. Uh, cleric's Jesus. level, not max level. Yeah, so that's that's still nine. <laughs> okay, so if this thing has nine or less uh, hit dice, uh, I believe you said that you uh, rebuke undead because you you yeah. went for the evil path. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then if it has yeah. nine hit dice or less, well, then it cowers four. in. Oh, nine 13. plus thirteen. Yeah, so thirteen. So it has to have more than thirteen to fail. If yeah. it has less than, if it has six or less. You actually take control of it. It's now your pet. But That's so fucking cool. I should use this more often. <laughs> it has yes. less than 13. It's instead cowering in fear of you. <laughs> so anyone uh, that sorry. Can attack on it gets a plus two bonus. How much hit dice uh, do I need? Is it less more. than 13? Or no, 13. Sorry. Yeah, nine hit dice. Okay, it's 13. cowering in fear. Well, you need to roll 13, because... No, there isn't no, any no. rolling involved. It's yeah, based it's... on its hit dice. Hit dice is, like, health. Like, how oh, many, okay. like, basically level. Oh, I thought he was rolling it. it no. The only time you need to roll is if you're turning, because that does damage to them. Rebuking oh, okay. is commanding. Okay. So, now it is afraid. Yeah, as as you... Uh, what What do you... What do you say to this? This what? What? What do you? What actions? What do you say to to rebuke this undead creature as you instill uh, the fear uh, into it? Steel, yeah, dude. 
Um. Oh, I wish there was something cool I could do. <laughs> so do it. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> I'm going for the one that's on... The bottom. Yes, the bottom. That's the one that's on Yonatan's back, basically. Yes. Um, I kind of want to, like, fake swing at it with my weapon. And then... Um, can I do, like... And this is, I guess... This Kind of like a demon yell with like the poison's voice instead of mine. Like you, like you know what I mean. Oh fuck! <laughs> How would you like to reach out to the poison in this moment? What what are what are your as Beckett's thoughts as you go in to fake this creature out? What are you thinking? How do you reach out? Um, I guess, um, I'm trying to instill the fear into the creature with the uncertainty and fear Beckett has with the poison. So I guess I'm kind of like, she's kind of like reaching out for almost support with poison so like i like that yeah as you fake forward and like kind of like jerk your your arm as if you're gonna strike again you kind of see as you kind of exhale as you as you do like the 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 second fake swing to scare them you see smoke exhale from your lungs as it kind of fogs your vision and swirls around your face you can't tell what's happening, but to everyone ar else around you, looking at you, this smoke forms into like the look of uh, a World War One gas mask. Jesus. As the smoke takes Sorry. form and holds, exactly. As you see yeah, within the smoke, as like, the ghastly uh, eye goggles would appear as it glows up piercing red as it peers into this creature as you see the fear begin to grow in its eyes as it, you see its body beginning to shift back as it seems to like its subconscious urge to move away from you as it stares in awe and terror as the smoke dissipates into the wind That's cool. So to, <laughs> yeah, to Beckett, you're not sure if it worked, but to everyone else, it definitely fucking worked. I'll just have her like all open you, her all eyes. You, all you after. saw is just the 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 shadowy smoke obscure your vision for a moment as you saw the as you see the look of terror in the vulture's eyes. <laughs> this seems That's a little so too cool. close to critical role, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not cut up. Don't give me fucking spoilers. No, I'm talking about Percy. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> of course. As, um... Beckett, that's what you do with your turn? Uh... 
Yes. Yeah. All right. As the uh, shadow-infested uh, dire ape. Is he still pinned? Uh, yes, I believe pinned. he is still he pinned. He is still pinned. He is going to try and break out of that pin. All right. Finally, a good goddamn roll. Does it beat 30? Does it beat 30 flat? Yes. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> Me forgetting where my creature is. Twenty-nine. I knew it. <laughs> I rolled an eleven. <laughs> I rolled a sixteen. As it roars out, does your companion understand common? My Lescalor will hear common, it's just that since it isn't an order coming from its master, it isn't going to give to flying whatevers. But it <laughs> understands. It doesn't have independent thought. It is a mindless creature. Understood. As, uh, oh, Golan, give me a listen check. Uh, okay, well, let's go okay. ahead. And, okay. and honestly, I'll give Alistair a listen, uh, a listen check as well. Uh, 22. Oh, listen. listen. That is another 11. Alright, so you hear mindless whispers. Your uh, companion hears mindless whispers as it struggles in, in your companion's arm as it... You hear an odd hissing sound beginning to, as it groans out in, in frustration, you hear a hissing sound. Or Golan, you hear this as your closest you hear. Resistance is futile. The darkness take you all. As Orgolan, your response as it is now your turn. Uh... Am I, like, still right on the ape? or did You he... are still right beside him. Yeah, yeah, you're right on him. Ever since he's pinned, <laughs> he isn't going to occur an attack of opportunity if you do any movement. I will pummel the shit out of this guy. Okay, okay. Alright, so that is a 33 to hit. Word. A 25 to hit. Big word. And a 29 to hit. All will hit. 
Bird is the word. Bird is the word. Fucking hell. Okay. Um, so, so fourteen damage for the first attack, twelve for the second, seven for the third. Seven. Yes. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah. So, um, uh, before we describe this, Chris, uh, your companion is a very large three-headed large cat. Uh, yes, it's a three-headed winged uh, uh, Siberian tiger, effectively, with a bit of a uh, a purplish hue. Yeah, so how is your companion holding down this diorape? At this point, my kitty is having fun just going ahead and uh, basically uh, pinning it down using the weight of its body and uh, is repeatedly uh, biting at it with its uh, assorted heads. <laughs> All right, so with that, Orgolan, how do you strike this diorite? So as it's getting held down, I'm, I'm going to take a step back, and I'm just going to punt kick it in the head three times. Damn, curb stomping. All your attacks hit. How much? Uh, walk over to him. Uh, okay, how does this thing work? <laughs> Simply, well, point. Simply point at your particular target, and then make the exclamation of the uh, associated word. Okay. Right. Uh, so I'm going to kind of look around, see that Urgolan seems to be dealing with that thing, see the one uh, already entangled, and the uh, the one cowering in fear before or Beckett, and then turn to the other one up in the air. I'll be like, will it reach that one? It'll have a 20-foot range. Ah, so probably not. Uh, um, you could get within 20-foot range. What's your movement? Uh, well, how much did I just move there? Like, uh, you were here, 5, 10, 15. Okay, I thought that he was just diagonal down one. Oh, was he? Was he here? I thought it was down I think here. so. I think I was only down one, so that'd be 10 oh, feet. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah sorry, that's 10 feet then. I apologize. So then 15, 20, 25, 30, so I could probably get... Right into the river here? Yeah. Yeah, as as you stand, as you feel the, 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 the cold, uh, freezing stream water rush uh, between your, uh, your renta, rent and armor, uh, Armor. It's not your armor. It's not comfortable, but it's it's there and it's giving you protection as you uh, protect protection as the you feel the cold water run in between your toes is soaking up your socks as you you steady yourself, holding up your fist towards this creature, kind of perching in uh, 
in readiness, ready for uh, whenever he needs to spring into battle. As he's perching right. on the branches, you run up towards him, raise your fists up to the air. What do you do from there? It, why am I? Is it? It's not like a. It's a. It's like a bottle, right? Oh yes. I'm not gonna yeah. raise my fist up. Then I'm just gonna kind of like brace myself with it and like point it, kind of like. Oh, sorry, I didn't know it was a bottle. My apologies. Yeah. Basically, um, like a really fancy uh, uh, whiskey decanter. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very. Mm-hmm. Nice. So is is it okay. is there a lid on it or is it just open? There, there is a topper to it. Yes. And I just keep attaching different uh, filters to the top. Uh, it's the holy right now, one still on it. Is the holy one, yes. Perfect. So I'm just gonna kind of aim at it and just uh, brace myself and just go, Geyser. <laughs> so right. what do I have to roll to not land on my ass? What do, what do, what kind uh, of stuff do I have to roll here? Uh, it's a strength check. Oh, okay. Please just, uh... roll a natural one. I think it'll be so <laughs> funny. You just fall on your ass and just get wet ass in the stream. I mean, I roll yourself a d20. Oh, that's not great. Strength modifier (laughs) too. Okay, strength modifier. What are we looking at? So I'm gonna get a whole seven. (laughs) After your strength modifier is seven? Yeah. Okay, uh, you're landing in the creek, my friend. (laughs) So you've been knocked prone by the force. Um, so kind of like to geyser, and as it shoots out, the force just not expecting it to be that much kick, uh, just kind of like, whoa, <laughs> and just uh, end up flat on my ass in the in the creek. Uh, placement of slick stones, you just <laughs> didn't have the proper footing, and right down. So, oh, that's amazing. I'm so glad you failed that. That is that's that's gold. I want to give you an inspiration point for failing that. Thanks, bro. <laughs> uh, as uh, geyser, as you didn't hold yourself properly, as you just feel your left foot just swoop, slip with the, with the nice pressure as rock. you slip, yeah. and you, uh, you crunch your tailbone right on a sharp rock as you fall into the stream, as a splash as you look up, as you see the geyser. Did I hit him at least? <laughs> Uh, uh, is there I, anything I have to roll for like that, or? Uh, you would need to make a ranged touch attack. Okay. We're gonna try a different d20. Screw that one. Alright. Hey, that's not bad. Uh, so, ranged touch attack. So, what do I add to that? Just, uh... Uh, that's a, is that's it just a the dex D- bonus. Okay, dex, that's what I thought. So that's going to be a... Plus your base attack bonus, of course. Yeah. Oh, perfect. You're right. So that's going to be a... 16 plus 8 plus 3. Uh, that's going to be a 27. Hell yeah. Uh, is there any dam- damage I got to roll for it? Or does it just do like a set thing? This is immersion in acid, so we're going to go with 10d6. You know, a casual 10d6. See, uh, before the session, uh, Liam was asking me, oh, is uh, is Chris an epic level character, or is he uh, he our level? I was like, he's your level, but he's crafty. 
<laughs> so he's going to be a little bit powerful. Okay, you know, I tried to make Kellywood, but my roll screwed me over. Okay, perfect. I have five, so I can just roll those twice. Alright, so six, ten, thirteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and then twenty two, twenty six, uh, Twenty-nine, and then forty-one total. Jesus! Wow. Yeah. So in in what? <laughs> yeah, I got I got a couple good sixes there. I really because you said ten d six, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, at least you can get sixty. <laughs> In oh. in 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 one attack, this guy's now bloodied. <laughs> nice. And so I'll just kind of like land on my ass, but look up and see this thing just get like doused and like freaking out because it's uh. As honestly, you... I'm just like, I I kind of uh, un... like... sorry, unprepared as you were as you uncork this bottle as it it, it just spews out on your keyword geyser. You fall on your ass and you, you see this flash all around. You're kind of dazed for a minute. The only thing pulling you out and realizing you hit, you hear just this agonizing screech coming from this vulture. As it almost loses its footing on, on the branches, it kind of its its claw catches it. As you can kind of see, it's it's mangled body just laying there for a minute. As he pulls himself back up, you can see he's, <laughs> you can see feathers have been have fallen out, exposing the the fleshy scarred skin underneath. Zell looks in and fucking anger towards Tobin as it peers down from the branches peered on. Yeah, seeing this, like, uh, not getting knocked on my ass, but hearing these screams and looking up and see it, like, essentially, like, burning, I'm just gonna kind of mouth, like, jaw agape, look down at this decanter, and then look up at this bird and just start, uh, uh, laughing, uh, just start laughing, kind of, <laughs> but then just kind of wincing from the pain shooting up from my tailbone. And, uh, I'll have to wait till next turn to try and get up, right? Because that would have, it's a yeah, standard action. Yeah, that'll be your that. move action. Yeah. That'll be your move action to stand. Yeah, okay. Which means that you can try as well to use the geyser function again, if you like. And we'll see how that goes. What happens if he uses the geyser function while he's already prone? Oh. Technically, that is allowed. Uh, I believe that you incur a, uh, a minor... It's... I think it's something like negative two or negative four. I'll look it up if you like. And, yeah, for uh, sure. You can choose to just lie down and perform range <laughs> attacks. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. please look into that. Uh, but before you do that, uh, it is your turn, Mr. Alistair. Uh, when you are prone, you cannot use ranged weapons, except for crossbows. Oh. Well, I mean, this one is an unconventional ranged weapon, I suppose, but yes, okay. But if if the rules goes, if you can't use a crossbow or a bow while you're prone, I wouldn't give you this. Oh, I completely agree. That makes sense. 
So I think that that would be a, a fair ruling on that, especially with a 10d6. <laughs> What's so its that's regular damage when it's not like undead? Like, because I know you're. Well, yeah. So I guess like without any like um, add-ons and stuff. Like I'm sure you've got all sorts of add-ons. Yeah, like if like, you were base, like geyser, what would it do? Uh, like if it was just mundane water, that's it's basically being used as a uh, magical super soaker. Oh, right. Uh, okay, so it's it pretty much just doesn't do a lot of damage unless you have your, like, um, filters on it? Yeah, it, it basically okay, so just, just is... kind of based on the scenario. Which is it smart as a businessman, which means your customers are going to keep coming back after they keep <laughs> using the filters. The, the only thing Almost is like that... Almost like a filter. The, uh, the geyser will deal 1d4 points of uh, damage, but only to one target per round if it's... Uh, just being used as basically a super soaker. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. It has three functions. Stream, fountain, and geyser. So is it just different keywords? Or do you have to like yes. change it? Okay. Yes, it's just a yeah. matter of using the right power word to invoke the uh, the magic. Yeah. Cool. So, Alistair, it is your turn. You have one very weak vulture. You have one fearful vulture. You have one bloodied vulture, and you have one shadow that just spawned out of the diorite. There's only one option at this point. Geyser! <laughs> Making a disclaimer. Alistair Greycliff Engineering is not responsible for any injury incurred while using said product. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Very I'm, actually, I'm actually going to uh, march over towards... Uh, the allies that are just over to my west and uh, reach into my uh, satchel of assorted uh, sales goodies in order to announce here's another product that I've uh, or that I've developed and is available for commission and I pull out frog on a chain <laughs> please feel free to use it as a focus inside of your magical endeavors So, so uh, where you are now, is that okay uh, where you oh, want to yeah, stand? Yeah, that's or? fine. That's awesome. Fine. <laughs> I'm continuing my sales pitch. So that's are you saying right. that this kind of works as, like, instead of needing, like, uh, does it work, like, kind of like the issue materials thing sort of thing? Like that, feet? Like, uh, you can use it as a focus? You'll, you'll still require okay. your materials. However, okay. if you focus your spell through the frog, I assure you that you will see some dramatic improvements inside of your own endurance and capabilities. Interesting. I'm the GM and I'm invested. I kind of want to buy. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll reach out to you and and see what other um, maybe shadier customers may have purchased some Alistair Greycliff uh, products. Mm. Oh, certainly, certainly. Because I, I, I know a lot of shady folk who would be very interested. In a lot of these powerful goods. Gorgol. But uh, with only, what is that, 10, 10 feet of your movement used? What do you do with the rest of your turn? I apologize for keep interrupting. Oh, no, that, that was my turn. I'm, I'm just absolutely hawking my wares. They just hawking your wares. Oh, Hell absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's uh, 8 o'clock. It's a good time for me to call a quick choke break, a quick piss break, before right. we wrap up probably what I think is the final round of combat. Uh, so stay tuned, my friends. We will be returning in one moment. As we return to the top of the initiative order, knees uh, from beneath the tree, you have a, a little bit of cover as you see a lot of the enemies around you dying. You see the, the shadow spawning near Orgolan. You see Tobin uh, damaging this one perched in the tree. These two are uh, preoccupied. What do you to do with your turn? Well, immediately with my turn coming around, the energy from their entanglement happens again, and they both take one d five. Uh, they take five electric damage. Not one d five. Sorry. Okay. As this one uh, takes how much? Sorry. Five. <clears throat> they they both take five. Yeah, this one dies because he's at fucking three health points. Yep. I just wanted to know what for this guy. Okay. All right. This guy's looking very fucked as well. Like, if, if this guy looked fucked, this guy's even fuckered. <laughs> okay. Um, would I be able to move forward and right twice and be in range to attack the bird? Uh, the the blood, nope, the deadborn vulture, uh, with a uh, flame line attack. Sorry, what? You were here. You yeah. want to move up one? Yeah, I have twenty feet of movement. So would I be able to move up one over two to be in range of sixty feet? Five, ten, fifteen. No, you want to be way. up where my cursors? No, the, Five, the one ten. at the towards the tree. Towards the tree, so where I was before, like yeah. here. Yeah, right there. Would I be? Are able you to... within sixty feet to attack him? 60. Is that is that what you're asking? Sorry, I'm being dumb, dumb. Yeah, that's where I'm asking because I know it's in a tree. Five, so. ten, fifteen, twenty. You can make it to here with your twenty feet. Okay, I just wasn't sure Sorry, if the uh, rivers... 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, yeah, he's 30 feet from where you are. Okay. Um, you will attack, uh, incur an attack of opportunity, though, from the other vulture. Uh, he is preoccupied and fearful. Oh, okay. I would probably let him get a pass on it, because he's it, currently preoccupied it, it's currently being scared an, of Beckett. Yeah, it's in awe of Beckett right now. Plus, it's back his turn to me. Yeah, yeah, so I would probably give him a pass on that. Um, or so even if we want, if we want to be like, let me give like a quick will save to. Um, would be an appropriate DC uh, for Beckett to keep this creature in fearful versus it turning its attention to something moving behind it. Right. I hear is. Cleric's intelligence or wisdom again? Wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. okay. Uh, what's your wisdom modifier? Okay. Three. Three, so that's a 13 so far. Uh, 13. What's the, what's the level of the spell that you have casted on him? Well, it's, it's not a spell, it's, spell. it's a class ability. Probably add class level then? 
class level. So nine. Are you level nine cleric? Yes. So twenty. So nine plus 22. three, twenty-two DC to break. Uh, natural seven will not. Yeah. Okay. Also, I'm not sure if they told you, but it's like that for ten rounds. Ooh. Yeah, the, I I just imagine this guy's just gonna be fearful for like a bit. Till he's dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... So yeah. You successfully pass by him. You are in within 30 feet of the vulture in the trees. So yeah, uh, after uh, seeing the uh, vulture, yeah, actually, would I, be, would I have been able to see the uh, water attack from where I was standing? Yeah, you would have been able to see everything unfold within like this sector. Okay. Um... So I would have seen Tobin fall down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay. that that's also within your vision. Uh, the tree's not obscuring it. That's within your vision. So yeah, after seeing Tobin fall down, I rush over and stand my ground and fire a line of fire at the vulture, trying to. Uh, yeah, it's attention. That's uh, okay. Uh, it needs to roll a reflex. What's the DC on that reflex? Uh, 18. Uh, vulture fails. Okay. <laughs> and the tree rolls a natural 2. <laughs> and so as you send this line of fire out, you see a few of the leaves and the, the dried leaves of it being uh, uh, in in the fall-winter season, even though you can't really tell it here. It is the fall-winter season, so the air is a lot drier, and so you see a few of uh, the bark and the leaves beginning to get scorched and beginning to take fire as this tree is going to be set ablaze as well as the vulture sets uh, fails the, uh, the DC. Okay, it will take 17 fire damage. Toasty. You okay? You okay? Alright, I'll see you. Uh, uh, do you want to go ahead and describe how this, uh, how does the, the, you expel this line attack and how it scorches the tree and the uh, vulture? Question, did you hear 17 or 70? I heard 17, Okay, but I'm still, I... I'm still feeling it. Okay, I, I just right, wanted I'm to make DM. sure. This is a, this is something I wanted to be difficult. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, sorry, uh, yeah. So rushing over to go help Tobin, and I run. I plant my foot into the ground, and then this uh, orange light just emits from my chest up to my throat, and just pierces through um hitting the vulture straight uh in the chest uh piercing inside and igniting it from within so uh with that can you describe how your how your scales affect your body how my scales affect my body so basically yeah. it's kind of right now it seems like they're differently 
how do I put this? Um, it's not like a full scale armor, like a dragon. There's gaps in it in the skin where you can still see skin poking through because it's still not fully developed. Um, so the scales that pattern my body, these orange scales that pattern my body, you can see bits and pieces of my oaky wood skin piercing through. So whenever I do these attacks, you can just see small bits of light emitting as it comes out. Yeah, and as this, this spell emits, you see if anyone's looking at these through his scales, they go from like a dull orange to a bright like auburn, like burning light as they like it almost like light passing through his body as it moves up through his through his chest and through his throat and expelling out of his mouth as you see the the, the tree and uh, the vulture beginning to to burn and and you see the vulture conversing and it it takes a, a pretty big hit uh, from this um, as as the tree begins to catch fire as you see the fire beginning to dance from from branch to branch and from this tree as you see it the the licks of the the bright uh, uh, higher flames begin to lick the higher trees just above this clearing as you may fear that it might cause a further uh, devastation to this forest. And beyond that, that is the end of your turn, Nies. Yes, sir. On to Yonatan. Um, how, how, how would you... S um... How big would you say the fire is right now? It's dull, but it, it, you can recognize it will get bigger. Don't worry, 30 gallons are going to go flying its way soon enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I was about to yeah. say, it, it was kind of doused in holy water. Um... <laughs> Holy water this way, flame strike this way. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Mm, I can I'll because water is being used at this point. It's still diminished at this point, but can get wildly out of hand, but right now is in hand. You can see just a few branches burning, but uh, it's not reaching a lot of the wet points. That it was purged with the holy water, so that 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 is a good call. It is not getting into a concerning level, but uh, it could if it reaches any of these higher trees. Okay. It is a menace, not a threat. Exactly. Thank you. That fire's a menace. Sorry. <laughs> Get me pictures of that fire. So whose turn is it? Uh, Yonatan's. Ah, very nice. Okay, uh... I am going to cast, uh, on this vulture here. 
what does that spell entail? I'm not familiar. Um, uh, Firewhip. Rireweb, uh, spell cart, uh, creatures, um, this guy is honestly looking pretty weak. If you have a big damage spell, I think you would have the, the, the information on you can blow it to pieces, but if, if this seems like an appropriate spell for you to do right now, I would say go for it. And um, since it's but cowering, you can also recognize that it is very weak and cowering in fear. Yeah, since it's cowering, it's also a plus two to attack rolls against it. <clears throat> so take that information as you would if, if you still think Briarwood is, is the appropriate spell. Uh, go for it. I'm not telling you not to take that, that in, in, uh, as your turn. Uh, yeah. Um, like. Yonatan seeing the flames starting on the big tree in the middle doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to create any more risk of fire and having him potentially uh, freak out. So um, I'm going to cast Briarweb on it. Um, All right. It has to make a. It has to make a DC. Uh, 17? No, DC 16, uh, reflex saving throw, or it is entangled. Well, it's already entangled, so it's already got a minus four. Okay. This is oh, the one that's so in front that's of you, right? Oh, that's a flat 11. Okay, it fails, so... Uh, it now has th the creature now has three options on whether to stay perfectly still, attempt to break free from the thorns, or continue to act normally. Uh, those that attempt right now or on his turn. Um, on his turn. Okay. Continue. Um. Yep. Uh, it may. Uh, each round in which a creature remains in the area, it may spend a full round action extricating themselves. Um, uh, just so you know, technically you and Beckett and anybody in a 20-foot radius within that also, cell I'm, also needs to make a roll. Yeah. I'm wondering who has audio in the background, just so we uh, don't have a lot of audio clips. That's me. I was talking. Oh. Oh, okay. Continue then, my bad. Uh, so yeah, uh, I will have to make a saving throw. Beckett will have to make a saving throw. Um, our new friend here will have to make a saving throw. Alistair and uh, where's the where's the uh, uh, the central point of this? Um, spell because peter is 5 10 15 feet away and uh like if it would be on the central point and then knees is also 5 10 15 20 feet away so where's the central point of this spell you're muted 
would it count diagonally as well? It's a radius, so yeah, it'd be a circle. So where's the central point of this uh, circle? Uh, three squares up from me uh, will be the uh, three squares up, up and then, yeah, and then one left. That would catch, that would catch me, Beckett, Alistair, the Vulture, and then nobody else. What about Peter? Wes, don't uh, forget, I sent you that template of all the area zones, how they work. 5, 10, 15, oh, 20. Template, 5, yeah. 10, 15, 20. No, it's Peter's just out of range. All right, sweet. So what's the, uh, what's the DC on that? DC 16 reflex. Roll the fucking natural, too. So, uh, Beckett, Yonatan, and Alistair, you guys also need to roll a reflex. I got a 16. 8 plus 13 is 21. All right, Alistair's fine. Beckett matches. I got Yonatan. a 17. <laughs> 17 just passes, and the vulture fails. So, you all pass, and the vulture fails. Hell fucking yeah. surprisingly. That surprisingly worked out the best. Yeah. So now if that vulture wants to uh, take actions normally, it's going to take 2d6 uh, for every action it takes. Oh, wow. So every action, bonus action, standard action, move bonus action. action, standard action, move action. And then wow. if it so doesn't how, have to move. So how would you describe this spell take effect on the the creatures and where you cast it? Like how does the spell form in 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 this reality? So um I'm gonna so Yonatan uh just closing his eyes, trying to find a deeper reservoir of Varus's magic just venturing deep into his very soul. Uh, find just can't find any light, only darkness. So as the darkness is trying, as the uh, as the essence of the Everdark is trying to take control, um, Yonatan is just gonna fight it off enough so to where he can control it and just focuses on like this dark forest where everything he like focuses on the dark energy around the forest and bends it to his will as he makes the, all of these briar spear like thorns just just shoot into this vulture's body as Yonatan is using the darkness within his soul to his advantage and wielding it as his own, as if it were his own, temporarily. 
right, as he spikes up, is uh, uh, Alistair and Beckett, they see these spikes rise up. <clears throat> as he... <clears throat> Excuse me. As you see these spikes uh, rise up from the ground, you guys move your feet to, to not be entangled, but the, the vulture not aware, still awestruck in fear by Beckett as he does realize uh, these vines of uh, thorns wrapping around his his uh, body and his, his feet. As he as before he realizes, he <laughs> tries to pull and can't pull his feet out. Uh, and that's what you do with your turn? Um, that is gonna be my bonus action. Alright. Um, I am going to, uh, I am going to, um, uh, how, Beckett, how are you feeling? Me? I'm feeling fine. Uh, I'm glad you didn't get me in your web thing or your uh, uh, vine thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad too. Um, you need. Uh, do you need uh, like any any buffs or anything? No, I'm good. All right, here I go then. As I'm going to uh, shoot a bow uh, on this vulture uh i will take a uh i do have to take a minus two penalty on my attack roll for this attack since i'm still technically in briar web did you fail your briar web roll no i succeeded it only affects your movement speed okay um yeah i'll just take two attacks on this vulture Ooh, that is a 16. 16 will miss. Uh, that is a 17 to hit. Is there any uh, AC uh, debuff that they'll take from being in the Briarwood? So, when they failed, they are technically entangled. I'm not sure if you're going to want a double entangled because it's already entangled. So right now it's to get minus two, minus four. It's entangled again. So I'm not sure if you want to add on to that. <laughs> I don't think entangled can stack. Minus. No, I so. Yeah, I don't think they, they stack. Um, so they're... Are you taking the minus two dexterity in account for the AC? It's minus four dexterity. It's minus two to attack rolls. Oh, sweet. So essentially, so essentially a minus yeah. two to the AC. So they got AC 14 at this point. Okay, so my both my attacks would hit. Yep. Okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, 
All right. Uh, that is uh, 25 damage total. How do you want to? How, how do you absolutely snipe the fuck into this guy as you see its form? Uh, in fearful of Beckett as it's trying to, like, it subconsciously is moving itself back, trapped in the brambles as you see it's, it kind of falls on its ass a little bit as it's even like trying to drag itself away with its wings. How do you decimate this thing? Uh, so first, I'm going to shoot an arrow through, uh, I'm going to shoot an arrow, like, through its wing to make sure that it can't get away from my second shot. As if the first arrow pins, as, as it's trying to drag away, and it's, it's, it, you see it's trying to even, like, try to even tear the arrow through its wing. Like, it's that desperate that it's willing to go through that pain to even tear the arrow out as it's trying to desperately crawl away from you. And then I'm gonna ready the second arrow and then launches it. And it goes right, like connects like right on the dot, like on a briar web on its forehead and just pushes it straight through its head. It just, as it just pins its head down. Yeah, well, as it wriggles for a few seconds and then stops moving. Uh, and then I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be moving, um, 15 feet total, but I'm gonna move one right, one down, and then one right again. Just below Alistair? Yes, that's correct. And then I'll end my turn there. And Peter's going to take a total defensive action again. All right. And Beckett, you're up next. Cool. Um, <coughs> how do Alistair and Yonatan look health-wise? Roll me a heal check. A heal check? Uh-oh. Yeah. That is a... Um... Uh, 27. Yeah, so what's your, uh, both of your running hit points? Uh, I'm merely bruised from, uh, landing on my ass back when, uh, <laughs> I initially failed to keep a grip on the decanter. Oh, was I supposed to take damage from falling? I uh, no, I, I slammed into a tree. Okay. Oh, right. Two winners, one dead. Jonathan? I'm at 54. Of uh, fifty four of seventy eight. Okay. Um, who looks worse out of or I know I should have asked all of it at once, but uh, who looks good out of Orgolan and Tobin? I look pretty fucking bad. Okay, I'm gonna make. My I'm way at way. about half health. I'm at You're like fine. I'm at fourteen health. Yeah, I'm making my way over to Tobin. How many, how many uh, movement do you have? Uh, 30 feet, I think. Yeah. 
thirty gets you here. Cool. I'm going to stay there. Um, am I within touching distance? No, no. you're no? ten feet away. Shit. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else I can do then. Um, because everything's a touch. <laughs> um. Can you damage Vulture at all? You don't have any more healing touch, do you? Oh, that's true. I could that's do that. One. Yeah, I'll I'll blow a healing dart at him. It's better than nothing. All right, uh, roll an attack. Yikes! Uh, that's that's eh, not as bad as I thought it was. It was fourteen. Or no, sorry, fifteen. So what is she trying to hit me? She's trying to hit your touch, I believe. Yeah. My touch? Yeah, that'll hit my touch. Sick. Okay, and then that's uh, 1d8. Right, 1d8 plus um, your caster level. Do I roll the d8, or does he? You do. Okay. That's a 6. Plus my caster level, which is so, 9. 15. I need to check, but don't forget that when you're prone, you get a plus 4 against ranged attacks. Oh, yes, cool. you do. Ah, uh, shut up. Ah, <laughs> uh, shut up. Okay. He got 15 health. <laughs> but you got a much Combat's almost like. over. <laughs> Don't make combat longer. <laughs> Please. I'm not trying I'm to. Just I'm, I'm just reminding. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, Toby could uh, roll into the oh. shot. <laughs> yeah. <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Beckett. <laughs> right. Uh from there is if that's it from your turn it's yep. Orgolan. All right. Um I'm going to take a couple swings at the spirit in front of me. Oh shit, I forgot about his turn. Oh well. Miss Sugar. Okay, so uh, the first attack is a dirty 20. It. The second is a natural 19. It. And then the second one is a 17. Um... We turn on the vacuum. Mm -hmm. Hit. Oh, okay. All right. So, first attack is uh, 14 damage. Second is 10 damage. And third is 12 damage. Yeah, he's gone. How do you send him back to the Shadow Realm? So I'm going to go in for a punch. Then I'm going to do a, a back fist. And then just uppercut him into, uh, into a big poof. As he... The dark essence of his being... Uh, Flows off in a gust. Is this Toba next? Oh, baby. Uh, 
after or kind of like laying on my tailbone. I was a little sore, but then I feel a little prick in my uh, like in my shoulder. I'm like, oh, I kind of like still kind of like on my ass, kind of look back. Oh, thank you, Beckett. Uh, and then I'll kind of try and stand up in the stream. So, with it being a 20 foot range, if I were to step back onto the creek bed, would I still be able to hit him? I'm not sure what actually like counts as his hitbox. Yep, that would work. Okay, so I'm going to step back onto solid ground, kind of try and really gain my footing, and then really brace myself and just kind of go, uh, and, uh, and, <sighs> Geyser! <laughs> that, that's including the height of the tree? That is nope. including the height of the tree. Okay. So what was it I have to roll to not get knocked on my ass? Strength, right? Uh, strength DC 12. <clears throat> Oh, perfect. I make it this way. All right. Uh, so, so then let's fuck this birdie up. Yeah. Five, ten, oh, hold on. Uh, what did you get uh, for your reflex? Oh, yeah. I got a... Or what did you... Uh, rage search. Sorry. Right. That's right. Better actually roll that inspo that you gave me. <laughs> okay. So, add my base, which is... That's going to be uh, 22 to hit. Absolutely. Sweet. So that's going to be 5, 10, 15, 21, oh, 23, 26, 27, 37. How do you want to do this? I want to blast him with my geyser. Yeah, how do you um, how do you do this? I mean, I kind of already told you how I brace for it, and then I shot the geyser. I, I, the water shoots out at it. I don't really know what more there is to it. I don't. Do you want to describe how the geyser hits, or do you want me to? Uh, I guess you can. I don't know. Like it's a blast of water that hits him. I don't know what. Yeah, else as is you. Uh, finally finding uh, stable footing a little bit, holding up one more time, embracing geyser with a little bit of hesitation as it uh, expels out and douses this creature as you hear once again the as you see it just uh, screams out and then silence as you see it stands there for a moment and flops to the ground. As he dies, he yells, I'm melting! <laughs> and with that, the combat concludes. And I'll call just a quick five-minute break. No. I'll see you in a second. And we're back. You get to see my pretty face again. What's going on, everybody? As uh, the final uh, undead vulture was shot out of the out of the tree as its form flops to the ground and makes an impact, as you see, like just <sighs> rise around its corpse, left alone. Now, in silence, was once filled with this unnerving chattering of 
inhuman laughter. It's just the utter silence of the forest around you. Even uh, native to these parts, uh, Alistair, you grew up in Port Jura, just, uh, just on the coast, and you traveled through these woods to make it to the Esme Lumal Royal Academy, the, uh, the, the citywide college that that's, takes part as one of the, the towns in uh, the kingdom of Marsfall, which you all are currently resided in, not resided in, but uh, currently located in. Um, as you have always heard the sounds of nature's birds call, you know, the, the growl of creatures deep within this, this thick jungle of a forest, but at this point, the void silence spanning across this forest unnerves you. Well, this is awkward. As we all converge tree. all next to each other uh, with, uh, with a new face among you uh, as, as uh, you may call him the guy who probably <laughs> saved your ass dealing a lot of the damage. You are face-to-face with uh, Alistair. Would you mind uh, describing how your character looks? Well, uh, Alistair is a five-foot-four, stocky-built human. His are somewhat uh, marked with uh, a little bit of what looks like blue woad across most of his vitals. Uh, His left arm has been replaced with one automaton made of pure mithril. Uh, currently, he's wearing a, uh, let's see, I believe it is his artisan's outfit. And uh, through it, he uh, has strapped to his back what looks like an exceptionally large harpoon with a length of chain that bo- uh, binds down to, uh, uh, to clasp onto his belt. And for the purposes of going forward, when you guys go to interact with him, just describe uh, how your character looks at this present moment. Yeah, just so so Chris has that uh, awareness of what everyone looks like. It's going forward as you see this uh, stocky five foot four uh, human in front of you. Um, these these is a three foot four. Uh, gnome with orange scales covering his body with small hints of woody brown skin peeking through his short golden hair and blue eyes um, first turns to Yonatan hey deal with that pointing up to the fire on the tree <laughs> and then <laughs> I t- sorry what was your character's name again I'm terrible with Alistair Greycliffe. I turn to Alistair. Or I, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure none of you have been introduced unless he announces name. You might have to ask him what his name is. I know. I, I was just going to. Uh, I want the name so I can say who I'm turning to. That's all. Um, What's your name? Okay. <laughs> my name? Why, my name is the very name of the brand that everyone here has enjoyed and benefited from on this day. Alistair Greycliff of Greycliff Engineering. That's nice. How'd you get here? Oh, uh, to be honest, I was cutting through the woods in order to get to the 
next uh, major port of trade. I uh, I need to get some more iron, I'm afraid. Uh, I could use about 50 pounds of it. Odd place to travel for looking for iron. Well, I mean, I I like I said, I was cutting through the woods. I figured that that was going to be the most expeditious means to travel through via straight line. I'm going to roll insight. Or not insight. Uh, sense motive. Sense motive. Uh, where, there's my d20. You did. And you can either to roll a diplomacy or a bluff check, Chris. I mean, Whether you're lying or telling the truth. Okay. But uh, the, you don't you don't have to to spill the rule that you're you're saying. You just tell us what your total is right. and adjust your answer to that. I got a twelve on sense motive. Uh... Nope. That was exactly what I was doing. Well, I guess it was good you came along. Seems like your uh, gadgets or whatever seemed helpful. So, yeah, as as G you can. Gadgets are doing a great disservice to my products, good sir. <laughs> no, I create revolutionary items of magic and technology together. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of trot over with the the decanter and be like, I'm with him. This thing's pretty sweet. Uh uh, I I physically wince at the uh, mention of magic and technology, um, being mixed together, growing up in a magic shop. Mm. Now, for my next item, pocketing the uh, the frog, since that didn't seem to be much of a selling point, I would like to present the stone of Agu. Simply exclaim Agu, and then. Give a person a tap, and they'll heal for just a slight bit of damage. You can do this as many times as you wish in a day. That's kind of sweet. Speaking of which, Agu. And now mm -hmm. I'm back. Uh, <laughs> Would anyone else like to try a sample? I'll give it a go. <laughs> There you are. I'll, kind of, I'll hand you back your decanter and hold the stone and just go. Agu? One point. Woohoo! Yeah, as. Agu, 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 Agu. Does it work that way? Um, as an item you, of uh, minor. Hold your, your finger to your temple and you uh, cautiously say the keyword Agu? You just feel just a dull, warm sensation wash over your bodies, and and what wounds that were hurting just seem to hurt just a little bit less. I look over at Beckett with that look of like, "Are you just gonna stand for this?" <laughs> I'm pulling up my healing potions. I'm getting them ready for everybody who's coming my direction. So. All right, Mr. Uh, Mr. Greycliff, what uh? So what else can this thing do? Pointing back to the decanter, it's like, uh, well, we saw that was holy water. What uh? What else do you got? Well, it can also produce regular water of uh, both fresh and salt varieties. Uh, both of them, I'm afraid, are still going to be at 
rather tepid in different room temperatures. However, uh, I do have an additional filter available. If it is of your interest, I have it out of the form of acid. Water to acid. Oh, that uh, sounds Simply plugs it into the business end of your decanter, and it will immediately start to produce. That uh... All right, let's talk price. This sounds pretty interesting. Well, the decanter in and of itself is a lovely item to be certain. The uh, the water to acid, on the other hand, oh, that is a unique product available only through Greyclift. As soon as I have uh, completed my uh, share of preparations, I'm sure that I'll be able to make it widely dispersed. But for now, this is my prototype. I'll I'll have to consider what the overall cost will be at a later time. Very well. That's fair. Well then, uh, where if can everyone... we uh, where can we find you? Like, uh, if it's gonna take you some time to like make more than your prototype, do you have like a place of operation? <laughs> Well, I do, as a matter of fact, have a place of operation. I, uh, some time ago, I was having an incident with Kobold. I'm afraid that I discovered that they had this marvelous item. I've yet to figure out how to replicate it, but it is ingenious. It's 50 foot deep, but it folds like an, uh, like a, uh, a portable hole. It's delightful. I got stuck in there for three days. While they're talking, can I search around? Go ahead and roll me a spot check. Spot. Who? Uh, knees. Wants to search around. Uh, dirty 20. Dirty 20. Alright, sorry. If there's any, any more points that uh, anyone wanted to add on to uh, Alistair's uh, ad? Ad Lister? Um, yes, that's, um, th this is a great sales pitch and all, but can you please use your fancy water spewing gun to help me with this fucking fire, please? It didn't go out when I doused the vulture? Well, Not mean, fully. We can, we can certainly make good use of it. Uh, props myself against one of the other trees. Geyser! <laughs> It's a uh, rule of strength check at advantage. Uh, okay, that one is a 11 plus my strength mod for 14. And that one would be a fail because it's a 6 plus 4 to 10. And I needed to beat a 12. Somehow, as you're uh, leaning yourself up against this, you didn't account for the recoil that it uh, that it produces. You set yourself up. You think you're safe as you recoil, and you kind of find yourself bending around the tree as you flip around and flop on your ass. Still working on the kinks, I'm afraid. <laughs> I was not expecting as you to I'm say... Dousing the fire. 
I also expected you to say that you like hit his elbow and he was like his yeah. bone or something like that. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I was. <laughs> that would have been funnier. Um, just, sorry, where did you say your base of operation? You said something about a hole, but uh, there was some oh, yeah. loud wind and stuff. Reaches into uh, his satchel. It's right here. Slaps it onto the ground. Starts to unfold. By the time that it's fully unfolded, it's about 10 foot by 10 foot square. Of, uh, like a map or like an ad? Uh, it's a portable hole. Oh, you just fold out a portable hole. Except it runs 50 feet deep. Initially, though, you only see ladders leading down 10 feet. As you you as he begins to fold out what you assume is kind of like a, a void black blanket as it folds out into a ten foot by ten foot black hole that just voids into the ground as he, he pronounces this is my base of operations as he, he pronounces proudly as you all look in confusion as you've never seen any magic close to this. Holy shit. Boy, I've seen some holes in logic in my time on this in this world, but that's probably one of the biggest I've ever seen. Lavender, please feel free to hop in. My three-headed Lescalore climbs into the first ten-foot section and simply curls up. So, well, then, and... if your base is, like, uh, portable like this, how, how would we uh, be able to find you if we wanted to buy some more of your wares? That is a magnificent question. I've never had to worry about repeat customers before. Well, I, I'm very interested in that acid uh, filter if I were to buy your decanter. <laughs> Well, Perhaps uh, sendings? Call you. <laughs> where are any of you traversing to? Well, we are currently... I kind of look... Uh, I'm just going to kind of look around. We're kind of lost, but that's also kind of the point. Um... I kind of look around to the group and just be like, give him a look like, do you think I should explain it to him? And before, while you're looking around as uh, Knees is a little bit distracted, you, Knees, you look around and there's nothing immediately pointing you out, but your detective intuition as you peer into these woods Along the stream, you see it flowing in one way, in just a few wisps. You see a small stream heading in the opposite direction of where the rapids would take it. And as you peer into these odd streams, you see an odd shimmer of light as it wisps its way around you. You see six or seven, none of you have recognized it except for knees but you see these shimmering light things almost just bug-like just, just, just 
pixies moving around in 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 odd maneuvers as they're just floating around you as uh tobin looks uh, towards the rest of the group in in kind of asking if he should fill in the rest of the story as you may continue I mean, he just saved our lives, right? I feel like we should, we're liable to tell him what's going on and why we're here. All right. On a side note, not to also remind you that the Stone of Agu is also viable for use against, say, applying to your griffin. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, where is that little devil? Peter, get over here. It's sacred. As he kind of peeks out from from a leafy bush, as he kind of peeks his head out and looks around, walks eyes of the Oderton and ducks his head out further as you see his, his full mass of an adolescent griffin appear from the brush. Um, Lovely beast, truly. <laughs> Thank you. Yours as well. So I guess currently we are trying to find the uh, the nature sages who are said to dwell in this forest. Hmm. Well, I'm afraid that I know very little of the nature sages in question, but uh, I certainly do not mind the opportunity to go for a wander, especially if it means that uh, I will have uh, an entourage of sorts. Very well. Well, since we, uh, this is somewhat of a pressing matter, perhaps we can continue speaking business uh, after we wrap this up. Very good. Jonathan, you feel... As you kind of heard it mid-conversations, you hear the wind. And a wisp around you. As you kind of, like, you're drawn into the conversation and curiosity of your new friend. But also in wonder of what's happening elsewhere. As you see knees is disconnected, looking at these odd twinkles of light that travel around you. You focus in on this wind. You hear tiny, itty bitty voices. Almost there. You can do it. You'll find them. Good um, luck. What language are they speaking in? It's druidic, but it's very faint. You almost can't hear them, but it's it's the the will of the wind helping your mind shape to hear these tiny little voices being carried within this wind. You're almost there. Should I go in the wind's direction? You will find them. Straight, 
I love how you guys just know what these creatures are, just like just by context. Like I don't even have to say it. These guys can never give me a straight answer. All right, I'm gonna. Yonatan uh, is just gonna put his mask on and just walk oh, man, in the direction. Uh, can I tell if the pixies uh, or these creatures and the uh, and the wind are moving in the same direction? Uh, the pixies are flowing with the wind, so yes. I will follow the direction of the wind then. As soon as you recognize this as well as you can't really recognize the wind, but you see them flowing in a certain direction, and beyond that you see Yonatan distracted and beginning to follow them. Uh, I'm just going to kind of, to wrap up our conversation, seeing that Knees is looking distracted and that Yonatan is starting to wander off, I'll be like, well, I guess we're off then. Or a pen, or your companion seems to have gotten the scent. Excellent. <laughs> and we'll just start following Yonatan, or at least I'll start following Yonatan. As you guys begin to follow and trail behind Yonatan, you guys also begin to recognize these flowing bits of light drifting along with you as five and six become 15 or 16 and that becomes 30 beyond 60 or 70 beyond like when you lose count you see them flowing around you as you're walking along as you open up into a clearing as they drift off into the wind as it passes by into the clearing as they almost fill the clearing with uh, a low light as it begins to, as this is the heart of the forest, the darkest part where normally you wouldn't be able to see what these pixies have gone and they've casted their light throughout this clearing, filling it with a low light. As you see a, tr a central tree thicker, thicker than the rest as it reaches higher, higher reaching far above the canvas above. As you all recognize this to be a tree you all don't recognize this is not nature to the boundless shore, but this is a tree. The leaves re uh, stretching far below as, as you see the branches even connecting, intertwining between the canvas above as you see uh, a dull, almost like lavender leaves as they're long and, and almost see-through they flow down beneath the trees of what would be nature of the boundless shores, maple trees, oak trees. As, as they, they intertwine beneath each other, you see a large central hole in, in, in between the tree. It's only about uh, two, uh, it's only about five inches, five, six inches in diameter, this hole in this large tree. As you see something move, Almost like an ant crawling within this hole in the tree. As it reaches out and you see it moves. And as it reaches its hand out beyond the reaches of the diameter of the tree, a form begins to grow into this large humanoid form. 
skin as fair as you've ever seen in your life. It's it's almost glowing. Uh, you see its hair reaching up and almost defying gravity, flying up and flowing in this lime green light that flows as, as if it's cast permanently in water as it moves in slow motion, this lime green hair as this form, fair skin, piercing emerald eyes and a kind smile uh, clad in, in sage green and lavender wraps as their, their claws around them. It's not clothing that you would recognize, but it's clothing that you would understand if that would make sense. It's not like they're wearing a t-shirt and pants, but you can recognize that they're wearing clothing. It's just, they seem otherworldly. Their hair drifts as the emerald eyes glance upon each and every one of you. As their eyes land upon you, and the smile upon their face is almost like a child receiving the gift of their dream. This this childlike smile as they lay eyes on Yonatan. Standing ten feet away from you, the six of you, um, standing ten feet away from you, it smiles. And without a word, it bounds forward and embraces Yonatan. Like a hug with emotions deeper than any of you could understand. They embrace Yonatan. How does Yonatan reply? Oh, um, as, uh, as Yonatan's hair is going to change to pink. Don't just grab your hair yet. How does Yonatan re reply? Uh, Yonatan is just like, oh, God. Okay. Uh, hello to you, too. Do you hug them back? Yes. As Taken aback for a moment, Yonatan embraces this otherworldly creature as you see his hair. Uh, what what color would you describe it at this moment? Um, Yonatan, um, Yonatan is just feeling a, uh, he's just feeling like, uh, just goes like a, a golden blonde that, frankly, he nor anybody has ever seen shine so brightly in gold of just pure As joy. From that pure golden blonde light, as he goes and embraces this otherworldly figure, you see his hairs begin to stand, stand, and stand as they mirror this creature's anti-gravity hair as from this blonde gold it takes the form of a brilliant lime green as these two matching in the hair are now uh, embracing each other 
the the figure pulls back. I have been waiting for you for a long time. Welcome home, Yorton. Thank you. I am Yudrasil, uh, one of the nature sages. Please, would you all do me a favor and come inside? Certainly. Yeah, I, absolutely. All right. And if I may say, I appreciate the fact that clothing seems to cross uh, planar trends and is something that is truly universal. Not for all of us, I'm afraid. Oh. Oh my. As um, you all feel your bodies as a, 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 a gust of cool wind blows upon your backs. As this cool wind blows, you feel your forms begin to shrink. As this wind begins to carry you, as your form shrinks, as you make your way towards this uh, only four or five, in, uh, three, five or six inch diameter hole in this tree as it begins to seemingly grow but you realize it's yourselves shrinking as you are felt you feel your ways carried into this tree and as you feel your way carried into this tree you see within this tree built within the bark and the tree itself of this uh, hollowed out tree you see homes tiny tiny homes that begin to grow into normal size homes as you see alike the the creature that greeted you Yudrasil uh, like Yudrasil who greeted you you see the rest of these people who live within this colony with their flowing anti-gravity lime green hair and whilst still in this space, you see Yonatan's hair doing the same thing. As, please, come with me. As they lead you through down passageways, almost like wa walking upon small twigs, but to you, they're large bridges between colonies and buildings and clusters so you see the beautiful large now now to you large leaves above cascading uh all uh knowledge from the outside world as as you feel uh from being within the the dangerous heart of this forest you feel safe as a glowing almost like Druidic light, glowing berries, glowing above, uh, lighting, and as well as heating as you feel this, this magical, it's like a fireplace of, of welcome, as, as you, it, it, it's a warm embrace. 
um, as you're you're led through uh, passing over large uh, bridges through into a small home where Yudrasil takes you around this um, this home it's 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 built into into the bark into the wood it's carved out but you can see the walls are made of like a clay substance as you can see in the middle is a small dancing fire of lime green. Uh, just, it's not emitting smoke. And so like it, you, you walk into this enclosed room thinking it would be smoky. It, it smells clear. It smells like fresh sap in the spring. Let's see, please, all of you take a seat. I find you an empty spot. As you see, uh, woven cushions of of um, vines and leaves. Uh, as you sit upon it, and it is comfy. It is like you're used to like cotton seats, like in the more modern world. This is something you haven't experienced. This is like insanely comfortable. As you all find your seats. Jonathan. You have known for a long time that you are different. You were never like your kin back home, right? Well, um... I mean, I was always up to shenanigans and, like, Kin didn't really like that all that much, so I guess I'm different in that way. Let me share with you a story that even you, Norton, might not be familiar with. As he reaches his hand out towards the green fire as it brightens as you all, all of your mind's eye are, are pierced with vision. At first you see within the sky crashing towards the earth as it impacts and collides you see the green flames roar up around it unscorch the sand as it lands upon the beach you see from kind of more of a bird's eye view you're watching these events unfold you see upon a hill, you see a curious druidic uh, elven people peering out from the woods as they see this green comet fall. As they walk further into the, the impact of this comet, within the debris of these large emerald green stones heated by this lime green fire, they find a small, pale baby, swaddled in leaves. Without, without another instinct, these dreaded people pick up this baby and bring them back to their, their ancient uh, secret civilization. Let's say, utter the words as the tree divides itself, revealing it the entrance into this uh, secret culture. Uh, trusting this baby to a family, this baby began to grow. 
as when he became old enough, he entered the druidic school and began to learn the magic. And as you watch this young boy, this it's young Yonatan, beginning to learn the magic, uh, five or six years old, you can see him casting spells far beyond his classmates. They can tell something's different about him. This this fallen star. But beyond this unknown talent of the druidic magic, he has outbursts. Outbursts of, of green fire singeing. Uh, at, at times it happened during training courses where he might burn down a tree and it's it's rescued and, and nothing happens, but there was one event where he and a couple of the other students were training and an explosion of fire, of lime green fire, almost killed a young boy. The elders, um, not knowing what to do, knowing this boy is special, but still not knowing the true capability of his power, chose to wipe Yonatan's memory. But something went wrong. The, the only way to describe it is something tried to counterspell this memory wipe, but that effect laid uh, an odd sense of amnesia set upon the boy and as he laid within the hospital for, for months scorched from his own lime green fire that the boy he injured uh, took, took a sense of pity or sympathy on him and began to visit him and that became his best friend as they began to grow uh, a relationship and and to bond with each other they became so close and seemingly to the be beyond to the elders knowledge uh the 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 memory wipe spell worked and in years went on he continued his training and when he was 15 or 16 another outburst happened The elders more and more concerned, they tried to wipe his memory again, and something stopped it. Then came the final battle of the Kyoshian uh, Darian conflict, where at the climax of this, uh, Mount uh, Anghor, the seemingly dormant volcano, exploded decimating the uh, eastern uh, half of the continent as the walls uh, as the tide of lava rolled in uh, over this druidic village all the druids trying to hold it back doing their best to counteract this catastrophic event Yonatan trying his best feeling the heat build up in his chest as he looks around, 
and sees as, as his his druidic magic as he's casting free water it begins to grow into green fire as it wraps and it begins to grow into this lava as you see part of the parts of the lava become green and growing and even hotter than the rest of the lava Jonathan looks in fear locks eyes with his best friend his best friend looks back and Jonathan runs he runs deep within the forest, tripping over roots, outrunning flames and, and, and streams of lava. As behind him, his best friend. What, what's his name? I apologize. Arciel. Arciel. As, as, uh, behind, uh, as feet, uh, even 10 feet behind him, as Jonathan run, Arciel chases him, screaming, pleading with him. Jonathan screams out, leave me alone. Arceal screams back, help us, please, or take me with you. Jonathan, hesitating for, for a moment, looks towards Arceal, but can't lock eyes with him and looks back towards the ground and screams, leave me alone as green, lime green fire erupts, decimating the area around him. Jonathan too scared to look back, too scared to, to see the damage that he caused, runs towards the shores, dives within the ocean, and begins to swim. He swims until his body collapses, and then he's drifting down into the audioless, soundless ocean as his body sways. As you still watching from bird's eye view, you see a form shift beneath Jonathan's body. A long, slender, gray-golden scales pick Jonathan's lifeless body up as they sail. And from there, it begins to get weird as time passes Jonathan, barely on the cusp of his life. As time passes, you can't tell how much time passes, but time passes as Jonathan finds himself waking on the beach of New Anghor, of the island of New Anghor. Coughing, spitting uh, seawater out, out of his lungs. His brain foggy from the multiple failed, struck with an odd amnesia. He set forth into this odd land. As everything seems to fall into place, as you fill in the rest of the gaps, as you found your way to a ferry and you, you paid uh, a fisherman to boat you across to... Uh, Blackwater, where you found your life uh, begging, and, and from there you joined a guild that hunted um, exotic creatures, and that one mission where that green fire returned and you ended up slaughtering the rest of your uh, poachers and saving a young griffin. As the vision passes and as this passes through all of your mind, 
Yudrasil smiling with that still childlike smile. Yoritan, we are known as the nature sages, but to others, we are known by a different name. We are known as the angels of autumn. And we were long ago gifts after the Dragonic Civil War during the first convergence. They were gifts from the god Pelor to Verus as a thank you for his service. Verus and Pelor created us. We are here for a reason. To help harvest and blossom this world and to continue the beautiful nature. And that is who you are, Jonathan. You were never a half elf like they told you. You were a fallen star, a lost leafling. You are an angel of autumn. Wow, that's I... this calls for a drink. Yeah, I would say so. An angel of autumn. Oh my god. Um have I, I guess just have have I heard of this? I don't know like if it would be in any of the Arcana books I've read. This is just... in mm, nothing that you would recognize. I would get Beckett and knees to roll me a history check. I was just asking because those books I got on the history of Arcana, I wasn't sure if that was. Mm -hmm. No, that that's a good that's a good point. Uh, nothing that you would have read, but I would get Beckett and knees to roll right. me a history check. Twenty one. Say again. Twenty one. Okay. Beckett. Beckett's dead. So just based off of the 21, you've heard of them very loosely. Uh, within your studies uh, of the Pantheon and the gods, you, you've heard uh, during your studies of the uh, uh, the Dragonic War during the First Convergence before the, the creation of the Boundless Shores. Um these were, were gifts from the god Pelor to the dragon Varus. As uh, Varus, the, the dragon, uh, the master of nature, um, he was master of all nature, but he looked upon the sky and he found it beautiful. He found the stars so amazing and so awesome. Like just, just immense in in energy and in in beauty. 
as after the Dragonic Civil Wars passed, Paylor gifted him stars as he turned those stars into the Nature Sages slash the Angels of Autumn. So, but from there, your research kind of uh, blurs in, in what they've done or where they went from there, but you've just heard of them. I always thought you were just stories. Tales passed down. Damn, can you give me five minutes? Alright, and we have returned. The Zionatin got this uh, massive lore drop. How do we proceed? I kind of forgot where we left it off. Um, I would just did a history check and said that I thought they were only just stories passed down. Oh, yes. <laughs> there are always truth in legend, my friend. And disagree there. I'm so glad you found me when you did. But you cannot stay long. Sueritan, I have a lot to teach you in a little time. Oh. Are you prepared? Well, um, I can't say I'm fully prepared, but there's no time like the present, am I right? Of course. Can't waste now, any more time. All of you are tired. We shall prepare a meal or sleep. In the morning, I shall begin your training. And hopefully by the end of the day tomorrow, you shall move on to bigger and better things. But there's not a lot of time that I have with you. Or the scrolls dictate. So, eat, sleep, and I will see you all in the morning. Don't have to tell me twice. This is, Tobin's gonna get up like very achily to like <laughs> get on our way to the, like wherever we're eating. Let's say we get you patched up, Peter, eh? Remember, the word for it is agu. <laughs> I get up and just start exploring around, looking at any of the architecture, culture around here. Yeah, and with that, as you all... We can do find your way to the the mess hall and to find your way to bed. We're going to call the episode there. That's a horrible name. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, dude, that story was cool. I had fucking goosebumps, dude. Amazing. Huge wardrobe. Loved it. And so from this episode going forward, I believe 
uh, we're going to be taking one to two weeks off. I am hoping we're going to get a, a one shot or two in there uh, within this gap just to give uh, a couple of our players a little bit of a break uh, if they need it. From there, uh, the Boundless Shores will continue as we delve deeper and deeper and darker into the convergence of the realms. Where are we going to do inspiration points? Uh, we're going to start off with uh, James. No, I specifically said you're not allowed to start with me. We've been over this. I know, that's why I specifically start on you sometimes, just because <laughs> I like being a dickhead. Um... If I had to pick, <laughs> I guess I'd have to give it to, I don't know how long he's going to be here, but the number one salesman in fucking, where are we, Marswell. Give that man an inspiration point. I love his fucking, uh, the way he plays on his, um, what's it called, sales pitches. And then whenever something's brought up, he's just like, oh, I have a pitch for that. Like fitting it into like yes, any sir. conversation. All right, Chris. Uh, inspiration points. You can give it to anybody else except for yourself, and oh. it would be cool if you had a reason why. But if you don't, you just give the inspiration point out. Um. Uh, why don't we pass one over to V to try to keep everyone alive? Hell yeah. <laughs> Gotta the only goal that. I have. <laughs> I love it. Love your character. Right, you're up next. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give it back to Chris just because, and or Alistair, just because. A new character, love it, and B. I cannot stop laughing every time he does something because <laughs> no, he's honestly. doing such a good job at it, and I love it. <laughs> I love it, Nate. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna give this inspiration point to Alistair. Uh, he really saved our butts this combat. Uh, killed a few creatures, uh, directly or indirectly, uh, with his neat inventions. Um. Really good combat, really good role play all around. Um, provided some pretty good, uh, pretty comedic moments there. Uh, the episodes, the two episodes he's been here, and uh, yeah, he gets the inspiration point this week. Fuck yeah! What about you, Owen? It's unanimous. It's going to Chris or Alistair. Going to Chris. What about you, Liam? Mine was going to go to Alistair as well. As much as knees hates the inventions, they helped. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. sir. No, inspiration point goes to Chris this session, man. Thank you for being here. This has been super awesome. And I'm excited for treat. your future at the table, brother. Thank you. And thank you very much for everyone who stuck by to the end of the episode. We have been drunk and we've been dumb. Thank you very much for uh, watching this shit. Goodbye. Peace. I have a great time. Peace.